What up artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity and you know maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. So funny thing people, uh, I just started the interview and completely forgot to record. So this is going to be the second time I recorded this intro. So welcome to Art Pays Me. This week we have a very special guest, Perry Ferbert. And I found out about Perry through my sister-in-law, Gainette. And she's always talking about this person and how like uh, she's on the next level and you got to check out the product she has and look at this and look at that. And, and it's a fellow Bermudian and I, I should be like doing more to get Bermudians on the show and making more effort to reach back. So this is one of these moments when I'm like, this is an example of some Bermudian excellence, somebody dope, let's make it happen. So I reached out and here we are. So Perry, what is it that you do? Hi. Uh, I like to categorize myself as a, or I say it all the time, truly, a ratchet, righteous dreamer and doer, because I feel like that really, I don't know, I think it's a good representation of my personality. Uh, But on a more, I guess, formal front, I am a designer, first and foremost. Uh, My business is called The Label, which is an accessories brand that offers a full range of mid-range luxury items from eyewear to handbags, some jewelry. And then this fall will be footwear, which is really exciting because that's a bit of a full circle moment. And I guess I can get into that a little bit later as to how it's a full circle moment. And then uh, Go The Label also has a diffusion line of loungewear, which is mainly t-shirts and hoodies that project positive messaging. So that's Go The Label. That's my designer hat. But I also like to say hashtag et cetera, because I do so many other things. I am a published wardrobe stylist. I'm also a creative director. I do some graphic work here and there. I haven't been able to do much of that here lately, but I have done that in the past with some animations and a bunch of other things for clients. So I do a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a dreamer and a creative and I believe in doing all of the things anything you're good at I feel like if you can monetize that do it wow and and you're (laughs) you're currently still based in Bermuda well I was based in Toronto and I'm back in Bermuda due to this lovely virus we have going on so yeah Uh, I'm kind of in limbo but you know it is what it is got you so like you you're one of those people that I was just talking about earlier uh before the show like um You've done a lot of things. Do you feel comfortable labeling yourself as one particular thing? I don't mind. I think it maybe depends on the circumstance or who I'm conversing with. Um, I don't like when, put it like this, I don't like when someone just says that I'm a stylist. Mm. Because although there is an art to it, um, I do so many other things, you know. Um, I don't mind the title creative. Mm. I don't mind that at all because... I am. <laughs> we all are, truthfully, but not everyone is tapped into their creativity. And I I can't say that I'm one of those people. I definitely am. So. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, you, it's an it's a muscle that you just actively go after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what is it with this gold thing? Is is that like a, <laughs> a childhood nickname or something? <laughs> no. So, um, gold label came about from when I was in college, and I mean, truthfully, I've always been. Um, a person who likes to express themselves through what they wear. And I, as a child, used to revamp and change my clothing to to my own demise in many instances because I would get into trouble because I would, of course, remake and redo and revamp brand new items of clothing. And I'd be like, we just bought this. Like, why have you cut it in half? Anyway, so because that was... Um, I guess, a part of my fabric growing up, it was no different once I hit college. And of course, we all know once you're in college, you're on a bit of a budget. Mm -hmm. You have to manage everything. So I still wanted to be fly on a dime. So I would buy really inexpensive shoes and then revamp them. And that's really how Gold the Label started. But one of the first pairs I did that I actually posted, because I did it all the time, but one of the first pairs that I actually posted in a Facebook album, talk about ancient, (laughs) was a pair of gold button heels. So the sides of the shoes had mesh, and I filled the mesh in with a bunch of antique gold buttons that I actually got from my granny, who was very similar to me. My mom's mom was me in an older form, and I, I miss her. But yeah had a whole bunch of buttons from her that we had kind of distributed after she passed. We got a bunch of her things and I used them for these shoes. And that's kind of where it started. Gold the label came about from a pair of gold button heels. And it's kind of cool to think about. <laughs> wow. So basically you started doing that and and people started catching wind of it. And you're like, whoa, this is something that I could maybe turn into a, an actual career. Well, it wasn't even like, I think it was all very organic. I posted the album on Facebook and the response and feedback was insane for the time. I look back on it and I'm like, this isn't a whole lot of noise. (laughs) But (laughs) at the time, it really inspired me because it was a greater response than I anticipated. And I was like, this could really be a business. Um, and it was, I was right. You know, I was, I was right on the money to follow that inclination because I went on to do proms and you know, proms are a big deal for people. I went on to do birthdays and weddings. Um, I remember one of my first brides, she was like, I want my shoes to be Tiffany blue. And I was like, I've never done that before, but okay. And we did it. And she wore them on the most magical day of her life. So I thought that I was pretty much in the pocket with that. Um, and I'm grateful that I followed my intuition. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what what were you actually studying in college? Marketing. So I went on to finish with that, communications and marketing. Um, so nothing to do with art or fashion. I am a business kid. And I feel like for me anyway, it was really important to have that um knowledge base because I am running a business and as creative as I am and as much as I really hate that side of it I need it you need to know how your money is flowing you need to know how to balance that you need to know how to make a profit and you need to know how to reinvest it in a way that makes sense for your future as well as the current affairs of what you have going on so having that background helps 
And of course, I have products to market. You know, I have the whole science behind speaking a language that my customers will understand to ultimately move my product. And I just have that um, technical knowledge in the bag. So that mm. made sense for me. Yeah, that, that's that's so true. I, I interviewed a well-known singer from around this region in Halifax named Keontae Beals. And mm-hmm. he talked about that too. He was like, basically 10, 10% of what he does is the singing, like in terms of like what's yeah. important for his career. Everything else is what is made him get to the level that he's at. It's, it's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of admin. It's more than one would ever consider. They're like, oh, what you do is so cool. I'm like, yeah, but I'm at my laptop a lot. Like my assistant now, she does a lot of the packaging. She does, she's very hands on with everything. I'm at my computer the whole day. Mm-hmm. you know answering emails circling back to my manufacturer like <laughs> it's a lot of very unglamorous work but um the parts that i do get to express myself in it makes it completely worth it yeah so what part of the island did you grow up in i grew up in work i'm a countryside girl this is okay. our small island we call it country <laughs> but yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's so wild, like, when you think about how close everything really is, but um, when I... Very vastly different. (laughs) It is, it's true. No, it's like, you would think that work was, I'm from from Devonshire, so you would think Uh, work was was like on the other side of the planet sometimes, the way people talk, Uh, and it's like, it's like 10 minute drive, something like that. (laughs) Uh, depending on traffic flow, but yeah, no, I wouldn't say 10, I'd probably say about 20, but um, the people are vastly different. Like if you talk to someone from Somerset and someone from St. George's Day, you are very different people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's weird, it's but yeah. Different subcultures. So we are small, but you know, there's clustering and different communities and it shows. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Don't uh, dish your homeland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not dissing it at all. It's it's more from the um the perspective of when you're there, because I I get into that too when I'm there. But I mm-hmm. I feel like oh man, that was far, and it's like yeah, I it, how long it takes me to get everywhere hopping out Halifax. It's like yeah, an hour is is not that unusual sometimes. So right, I'm like yeah, putting it into perspective. But you know, um, with that same mindset, because I, of course, live in a city as well. Um, when you're back home, even if something is 20 minutes away, it is far. Yeah. When yeah, you're right. here, you're like, I don't want to go to Somerset. It's far. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, I get it's the equivalent of, yeah. It, it's, yeah. Right. It is. Plus, it's not straight roads. There's a lot. It, there's There are obstacles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it takes a long time. Presses on your patience. So. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about the um, the girlfriend's tea. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, That's... yeah, what happened with that? Uh, I love the show. <laughs> I grew up mm. watching the show. I won't say grow up, but it was a very vital part of my, I guess, teenage years. And me and all my friends watched it. Uh, looking back, as an adult, I'm like, this is very mature content for, (laughs) 
someone of that age. But again, it felt very relevant at the time. And of course, it was very hilarious. Um, so I came to know the characters really well. And I just felt like it was a really good representation of sisterhood. And as I mentioned, um, GTL by Gold the Label, which stands for Give the Love, um, is a diffusion line of t-shirts and hoodies that project positive messaging. And I felt like that was ideal to push forward the message of sisterhood. Because if you watch the show, you know how they go through many obstacles and a lot within their friendships, but they still maintain relatively tight in the end, apart from one character that leaves in the last season. So I don't know, it just made sense for me. And I made it for myself. That's one thing about me as a creative. I create things that I want to see in the world that I would wear. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily create for my target audience. I keep them in mind because ultimately I want them to love it and wear it and enjoy it. But I really do create for myself because then it's a very authentic and organic process. And that's what happened with that t-shirt. I made it because I wanted it. And I just didn't anticipate it doing those kinds of numbers. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it is. So like, yeah, I'm a, I was a big fan of girlfriends too. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I, and I saw Charlamagne was Charlamagne the God was wearing a shirt mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I, I, I listened to all his podcasts and stuff like that too. Yeah. He, he talks about girlfriends a lot and he does. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's just crazy. And I see, when I seen him in your shirt, I was like, Damn, like it really connects like across mm-hmm. so many, so many levels. Yeah. Um, so like when you did you did you go to school in Toronto? Is that I did. When you went to okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it was just one of those things where you decided to stay just like what made you sort of be based out of Toronto? Oh, uh, I feel like if you have a decent college experience in a place, that place becomes like your second home. Mm-hmm. And my college experience was not the normal one. So I went to school like most people at 18. And then two years in, I had some life happen where I wasn't able to finish my studies then. So I actually went back to school at 25. So oh. my relationship with the city is really long. <laughs> And I don't know, I just know it inside and out. And although the actual creative um, sector of the city is very annoying and irritating to navigate, um, to be frank, I really appreciated um, making U.S. dollars living in Canada. (laughs) It just made a lot of sense for me to continue to have international consulting projects both in the States as well as Bermuda to continue working and living there. Because after you are a student and you complete your studies, you are eligible to apply for a work permit as an international student. So it just made sense. So I had, I have that and yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with the city, even though it has its many very interesting elements to it. So yeah. Hmm. It's a, a great f- place, though. <laughs> but that, that's interesting. So you, like a lot of your stylist stuff, wasn't even happening in Toronto. It's just like it's mostly America and and Bermuda. Um, I would say it was a good balance. Okay. Um, I would book jobs in the city 
of course, um, because as you meet people and they find out what you do, they see your work, they're like, oh, this would be great. So I did do some work there. I got some international publications as well. Um, Scott Magazine, and um, I think, oh no, that was local in Toronto, but I did book some um, international published work. And then I also worked on music videos as well. So that, I guess, was a fun element to it, but I did do a lot of my work outside of the city, which was fine because, I don't know, I get a little bit of cabin fever and traveling to do work is also really fun. It's really annoying in the moment because you have a lot to do and then a lot to pack, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it came with my work, so I I just did it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you're a pro- you have a product-based business. I have a product-based business. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you, you're trying to figure out what's going to be the next thing you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, but you said you kind of, you, you trust your own instincts. You just, you make what yeah. you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever, like, feel like you have to be pressured to, to make something? Or, like, say you're going into the shoes next for instance or you you have Mm -hmm. your sunglasses like at what point were you just like what what sent you in that direction to make the sunglasses was it literally just bang I want that let me just make it yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah I have my own personal collection of sunglasses is quite extensive um if you live in a city you know how the more square footage you have, the higher rent you pay. So my place wasn't that big. And I stored all of my sunglasses in one of my kitchen cabinets. Um, <laughs> I, I had that many. So I was like, I wonder how I would make out making my own. Because I just test myself like that. Um, and I feel like it really is a good way to gauge your growth or if not incite some growth because I've grown a lot since the first pair of sunglasses. And because one, the process is extremely long, um, which I actually discussed with Gainate, product development is very intense and people really, unless you're doing it, you, you just have no idea of how much time and effort and money goes into that process. And it really grows you. You get a new level of wisdom with each product. So yeah. To bring it back to your question, I wanted sunglasses with my logo on it. I wanted my own craftsmanship and ideas placed into that sort of product. And I did it. Mm -hmm. And again, I did it for myself. And people, I don't know, maybe they buy into the authenticity. I don't know. But they sold out. And that was incredible. The Mm -hmm. first first ones yeah so what are are some of the like specific challenges that you had to deal with uh production is insane (laughs) i manufacture out of china and my reps and the people that i liaise with and of course submit all my designs to and the, the whole process of sampling um on a personal level is fine because the people are lovely i mean they're of course is language barriers but you know we make out okay Mm -hmm. but um getting your idea out of your head and then into a physical product is not easy um there's a lot that goes into it there's coloring there's measurements there's sizing like with the the newest frames that i have coming out this fall um 
well, next month, actually, the sizing drove me crazy. They came back to me, they're like, these measurements are suitable for a small child. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a lot. Um, uh, balancing frame thickness with a, a bunch of different things. Um, working with different uh, plastics. So I had manufactured MPC. And now I'm I'm working with acetate because it's better for heating and cooling for prescriptions because I, of course, want everyone to be able to see. So mm. it's a lot that goes into it. And my re- I can just, I can let you in on this, I guess, is one of the challenges. My recent hiccup with the newest frame. So I have uh, the first batch of those samples and they're great. Um, and of course you have to approve and then you go back and fix anything before we move into bulk production. Yeah. But one of them, I of course did a print and, you know, you design it, you submit it, we go over the specifics of coloring and all of that. And it came back to me and I'm like, this looks like water dye. It looks like dye drops in water. Like this is not what we discussed. Mm. So the process of working with acetate and with the different machinery, it takes time with this particular company anyway and i'm like we're losing time like i have a release date that i always work backwards from i'm like you're eating into my time because then it still has to be shipped to me which doesn't take a day right so it's stressful (laughs) i tell people like you have to be built for it uh, you have to be, you know, by manufacture there, they are 11 hours ahead. So I never sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't sleep. So it, it's a lot of challenges, but the result and the end product is extremely rewarding to hold something in your hand that you dreamt into existence is pretty incredible. Right. That's mm-hmm. cool. Like, I know I'm I'm sure you get this a lot, but uh, particularly I'm sure a lot of people reach out to you thinking that it's all glamour and everything is like <laughs> roses and uh, like how do you deal with that? Like how do you mm-hmm. do you ever just keep it real with them and just um yes and no. So I haven't actually gotten an influx of those messages or those sorts of emails. Okay. Recently, I used to get them a lot and I, it inspired me to start Goldie Taught You, which was a coaching service Mm -hmm. that I offered that helped people get their e-commerce businesses off the ground. And I really gave them good, well, I thought that they were good uh, resources and tips and tricks to mm-hmm. kind of navigate that world. I, of course, had to stop that program because it was just too much for my workload. Yeah. Um, but it was inspired by the amount of questions I got all the time. And truthfully, I will keep it real with them. Um, one, I'm not going to spoon feed you or give you information because you have to work for it. It means a lot more to you when you figure things out on your own. I won't let you waste your money. That's mm-hmm. one thing I don't let people do. If I can, if they ask me a question and I can see that their mind is in a place where they may make a financial mistake, I, of course, will say something, no matter who they are, whether I know them or not, because that's one of the things that people really do waste is money with figuring things out. So if I can help you not do that, then cool. But when it comes to finding a factory and the specific types of materials and different things that I guess your business will need or what your business needs to facilitate to then move forward. I don't provide that type of information Mm -hmm. ever because 
I mean, in the searching and in the research and development is where you learn. I'm, truthfully, I'm not going to rob you of that experience because it grows you more than you think and you need that. So, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you won't value your business either, truthfully, because you didn't work for it. It was given to you. True. Yeah. And it's like, we don't necessarily need more people just making things to make it and just right. aban- abandoning it as soon as it gets hard or whatever. Which happens every day. We see new businesses start and then they wane off very quickly. It's like, oh, I wonder what happened with that. And it's like, well, maybe they weren't in it for real because the joy for me, and I actually mentioned this, when I was on Freedom Slay podcast with Gainete, is not the money. Of course, money is a very great um, reinforcement. It helps to pay your bills and keep you going. Um, but the reward for me is the product. It's yeah. creating the product. It's also connecting with people. It's also showing people, sorry. It's showing people that um, it's possible mm-hmm. to, to, to manifest this if you are diligent and committed and disciplined. You know, I it's so many other things for me. And I, I guess one of the main ones is connecting with my audience mm-hmm. and having that sort of real life um, exchange with people who are really committed to your brand that's bigger than money to me so when you know people are in it just for the money it doesn't last because it's not organic and it's not authentic so Mm -hmm. i guess that's something to consider yeah i you know you're right i i struggle with that a little bit sometimes in terms of i do have people asking me for like how do you do things or how do you do certain things Mm-hmm. And I am willing to tell them and and all of that. But then I do have that moment of, well, am I giving away my competitive advantage? Mm. And then I also have, like you said, like I put in a lot of time to get here. And because I got here, I do appreciate it a certain, you know, me a certain amount and what I make is I do t-shirts it's not like Mm -hmm. I'm not hand making the t-shirts so it's not like it's super labor intensive from that side right like I said like the other side the designing and the the admin and all of that other Mm -hmm. stuff like I found so many clothing brands who start with t-shirts it looks Mm -hmm. so cool and fun in the beginning but they like peter off super quick yeah nobody realizes how much actual work it is beyond like the production and all that of course because what will then make your t-shirts different from someone else's you know because ultimately like you said so many start with just t-shirts yeah and that's that's the sauce and the sauce i can give you the ingredients but like the taste and the all of that you can't buy that yeah so I don't give that away to people because it's like, even if I tell you, you're still not going to know, but now you have all my ingredients. Mm -hmm. So I'm very selective, but not intentionally to be spiteful or to be mean because I want everyone to flourish Mm -hmm. because I feel like truthfully, no one can take your sauce because there's only one you. That's my mindset. So I'm like, people can try if their plight is to be vindictive. I mean, there are some people like that, unfortunately, but I don't go through life thinking that at least. Mm-hmm. So I help as much as I can, as much as I feel comfortable in helping or sharing, I will definitely give that. But some people do cross the the, the line. And I guess that's where intuition comes in because it's like, oh, OK, I see what you're doing. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't help you any further than this. Or I don't want to help you at all because your spirit and your energy is off. So right. I guess it's case by case. Right, right. Speaking of spirit. 
I notice you talk about God quite a bit. It, how, yeah. Is God like a big part of your process? Huge. Okay. <laughs> Huge. I know not everyone is religious. Um, and, you know, that's fine. We all have freedom of choice. But I am a Christian and it, my faith drives all that I do. I am of the belief that God empowers you to do just about anything and everything. And I can't leave him out of the process. So mm-hmm. my sunglasses lines are, or collections, I should say, are a clear reflection of that. Uh, the first frames were the Judah frames, of mm-hmm. course, as an extension of the line of Judah. Second frames were Zion. We all know about Zion. Within, I mean, if you are a part of the Christian faith, Zion is um, a huge part as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next frames that are dropping in October next month are the Exodus frames, So, which is the... A book in the Bible. So uh-huh. yeah, it's I'm very much inspired by my personal life. And you know, I, I read the Bible regularly. Sometimes not as much as I should because we get busy and that's terrible. But being honest, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But in my quiet time and I do pray and meditate and have time with God, a lot is revealed to me. And I get very, very cool design ideas and you know, I'm one of the people who can definitely give God his honor and I, I guess even to, to say glory with what he imparts to me. And not everyone thinks like that. And that's that's OK, too. But that's that's how the show works over here. Yeah, but that that's cool, because, I mean, like everyone needs that thing that they, t- they tap into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what it is for you. And, mm-hmm. and that's what you got to lean into. Yeah, and I I can't leave it out of the process. I think it would be um, a severe injustice to leave it out, you know, so. Yeah, Yeah. and the frames, from what I've seen, anyway, the ones I've seen are are pretty fire, so. Thank you. um, Yeah, they are really well done. So let's talk about- I appreciate it. (laughs) No, no, I I, I mean it. and the, like your shoes. So let's talk about your shoes. Like what, what's happening with that? Hmm. What's not happening with it? <laughs> They're giving me so much trouble. Oh my God. <laughs> it's such a touchy spot right now because I'm uh-huh. like, we should be further along than this. Uh, <laughs> my samples were submitted sometime around May. <laughs> And we've been going back and forth since. So it is quite a process. Um, I have boots releasing that I've kind of given a glimpse to on social media, you know, just so so people know what I'm working on. I feel like social media is a great tool when you use it correctly. Mm-hmm. Some people f- find it overwhelming. And I'm like, I don't think you're using it right. You know, I don't, I use it as something for business and then I'm off of it doesn't consume me. So if you use it correctly, it could be great. So saying that to say, I did give them a bit of a glimpse and there is a bit of uh, anticipation around it, which you can't completely buy into because sometimes it's people just commenting to comment, but you know, you take it for what it is. And I would love to give the boots to the people, but we, <laughs> we're just not there yet, you know? And we're very, 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 very close. I made some pretty big changes from the samples that I did receive. So I they did materialize and I do have them. But of course you have to make changes. Mm. Um, 
Cause it's a different beast, you know, that's your foot and every leg size is different. Every, yeah. like it's so much to consider um, with it. So I'm learning because like I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, I have no formal training in this, right? I didn't study this. So I'm learning as I go. Yeah. But I Google everything. So I'm okay. <laughs> how do you decide how far to go in sizing? Like in terms of like smallest to the largest? I work with my budget. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. I do that. And then if there is a demand for anything, well, we haven't crossed that border yet because footwear is new. But the idea for me is, is if there is more of a demand for larger sizes, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I don't believe in sitting on a lot of inventory. I've done it before and it is a very stupid thing to do. Um, <laughs> it is because then how do you move it? Then you have to put it on sale. And I just feel like you shouldn't shouldn't have to do that. Your product should sell and speak for itself. And then if you have, if you put it like this, I offer sales when I feel like it, one, Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily because we have to, or if it's the end of the season and it's like, you know what, we need to just make space for the the next lot of things to come in. So I don't, I, I, when I was coaching um, people with their businesses, I would always tell them to start out small. People Mm -hmm. want all of this inventory and they, you know, I feel like it feeds your ego and we've all been there. So it's not even like a shot to people, but you don't need that much to start out with. And if it sells out, that's better for business than you think. Let it sell out yeah. and then restock, you know? So then your pockets are happy. Yeah. It and just makes more sense. In some ways it's just less stressful. I've had moments where I'm sitting on yeah. a ton of inventory too, and it, it does not feel good. And no. It, <laughs> It's not. And the truth is, is I feel like it is a deterrent and it's not always an accurate deterrent because you could be doing well financially. You just ordered too much crap. Yeah, You don't need all of it. Like start small. So with the shoes, uh, I mean, I won't give too many details on the sizing, um, but, you know, it'll cut off at a certain point. And if anyone's foot is bigger, we can have a conversation afterwards. And it mm-hmm. can't be like three people that are like, oh. I'm this size because it's like, well, I'm sorry, this brand isn't for you. Yeah. Because I can't order <laughs> a bulk shipment of product for three people or ten, yeah. even ten people. It's just not enough. Yeah, I know. It's like that constant. Like, is is you need to? You can't just. <laughs> I've been there too. I've, mm-hmm. I've had like one or two people like love a specific design and they want more of it, and I'm like, I just. Yeah. I can't justify ordering another nope. big order of these just nope. for those two people. Who and it's are. crazy because you could do it and then they don't even want it. And that has happened to me multiple <laughs> me times. Me too. <laughs> so that's another reason why I take what people say online with a grain of salt because they'll be like, yeah, yeah if, you buy, if, you, if you make more of those, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. You order it, crickets. It's like, it happens. It happens. So you take it for what it is. Um, and unfortunately it is a bit of a guessing game, which is why I'm, I always tap inwardly. Like, how do I feel about this? What is my intuition saying about this? Cause I feel like it doesn't steer you wrong. Yeah. And yeah. Cause you can have very incessant people online. They'll message you regularly about something. And then when it's time, Oh, I can't, I can't. And it's like, I'm a small business. Yeah. Can't afford to do this. So I just don't. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't do that. Yeah, I yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, so, another thing I want to talk about is um, 
uh, actually, like, how do you decide what to charge for your product? Mm-hmm. Well, because I have a business background, I lean very heavily on the technical side for that because I just I don't feel like guessing. And I also feel like that's not secure. So the best way to bring yourself back to zero dollars is to, and I'll explain that, is to just calculate your break even point. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many, I mean, in plain terms, how many products do you need to sell to make your money back that you invested? So then you could have a profit. That's one. And then you incorporate all of your expenses into your price. And when I say all of your expenses, I mean, duty charges, I mean, shipping fees, you divide all of that by your units. Yeah. Um, And then you land in a very solid place. So then, you know, I'm getting all of my money back. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a very standard way to do it. And of course, if you want to add a couple of dollars in for your emotional distress, (laughs) then (laughs) do that as well, because you should be paid for that. I believe that. So, yeah, but I think pricing is very personal, but um, that is, I guess, a very condensed and paraphrased way of how I would explain it to my coaching um, students. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're making all of your money back. If not, why are you doing this? Yes, it's cool to express yourself, but if that's the case, just do it for yourself. Don't turn it into a business because once it's scaled in that way, you need to make a profit. Yeah. So that's the goal. Put the money not only back in your pocket from what you've invested, but make sure there's something on the other side of it. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people that are new to product businesses end up charging way less than they probably should. Of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're not taking into consideration all those additional expenses, like even like hosting your website. Like, yeah. All of that stuff costs money mm-hmm. that you have to recoup through. That's a yeah, that's a fixed cost. So I mean, once I always throw out the break-even formula because then I tell people, like I mentioned earlier, just go research it. Go quick Google search; it'll show you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, once people have with me in the past when they pay for coaching services, I would of course go into great detail. But just in passing, where I'm just you know offering some something off the cuff, just go look that up, mm-hmm. and then Google what total fit. Um, total fixed costs are Google these things. So then you know exactly what the terminology is and then make it make sense in your world. So you're hosting your website is a fixed cost. You have to pay that either annually or monthly, depending on how you have it set up. That needs to be built into your price because that's one of your expenses. Okay, well, divide that by the amount of units you have and it it may turn out to only be like a few dollars, maybe even a few cents. Add those cents in. Yep. Like, it's important. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm at the point, and maybe this, I'm at a point of privilege in that sense. But mm-hmm. when I see somebody sell a t shirt for $200 now, I used to be like, I don't know how to do that. Now I'm kind of like, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I completely get it. I do. I do. I mean, a $50 t shirt in my world, I think is very standard. Yeah. Unfortunately. If yeah. I see a t-shirt for $20, I'm like, the people manufacturing this must be getting paid pennies. Exactly. Yeah. And that also is something that people should look out for. You shouldn't want to buy a $20 t-shirt unless it's on sale. But if the t-shirt is regularly priced at $20, yeah. someone's being gypped. Someone, yeah. Someone's getting it. It's, Pay it's, attention to that. Yeah. There's That's something it. ethically wrong in that equation. Yep. 
yeah. Um, so something yeah, to I've, pay attention to. I've definitely had that. Guys would be like, yeah, I could get this. I can get a, a, a t-shirt for $20 at Walmart. I'm like, yeah, I know, but like, but. <laughs> what is the brand ethos behind that particular company? $20 or yeah. they have negotiated a wholesale um, deal which is different. I'm like, well, go, this is the thing about value. Go buy from Walmart then. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I do. Like, yeah. Well, if that's where you want to shop, then by all means. Yeah. You know, I'm very, very quick to tell people, okay, well, bye. (laughs) Yeah. This is the same. In the most polite way, but it's also like, there's so much work that goes into this. And if you don't see the value in that, well, I don't know what to tell you besides have a great day is not lowering the prices and it's not going to be customized to fit your pocket because then what happens to my pocket right right. yeah no i'm gonna go bankrupt to make strangers happy no well what type of world is that (laughs) (laughs) thank you it goes completely against consumerism like no yeah yeah yeah. i'm a Um, team player (laughs) (laughs) so do you have any like influences when you came into this or were you just like i'm gonna be perry i'm gonna be set my own path and and that's it and that's that Uh, of course we all have people that inspire us um i'm very much um, a marcher to my own drum of course but we're all influenced and inspired by someone um so on a personal level of course my mom and my grandmothers they all three are very incredible well one she's she's gone on but she was amazing she made all of her clothes she was the first person to um, take note of my art when I was a kid she used to save everything I drew and no one really paid attention to that but I feel like we all have that one person that's like oh look what they can do and she was that one for me um so that's really special for me but then my dad's mom is my nana she is one of the flyest people I know like she doesn't leave the house without big gold earrings on and like (laughs) red lipstick just to go to the grocery store so definitely inspired by her and of course my mom she of course is just the coolest um and then on i guess a celebrity level iris epfel so cool um she yeah so i mean she's probably gotten some recent notoriety in i guess the last 10 years but she did a lot of drape work and a lot of custom um, upholstery for the white house okay i forget how many presidents i used to know this but more information has entered my brain so I don't I can't recall it as quickly but um, how many presidents I should say but she's cool her personal style is amazing she wears big frames lots of jewelry she's basically me in my 90s Um, (laughs) and I just love that Um, who else Solange I think has a really cool style Beyonce's sister yes I hate saying that because she's not just Beyonce's sister she is her own person so Solange Solange Mills um she has a really cool style um Donna Summer ooh, Donna Summer from the 70s oh I see I see see that in you sometimes yeah incredible I love Donna um if I was an artist I would just I would I would be killing the girls okay I would be I would be eating (laughs) off shop but you know I just wasn't blessed with the vocals but if I was they would, they would need to watch out. But yeah, definitely Donna Summer. Um, I think those are the top for me. Um, of course, there are other people here and there. But in terms of like continual style, definitely um, the three within my family. And then Iris Apfel, Solange, and Donna. Cool. For sure. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and Khalees. Sorry, Khalees. Yeah. Another really eclectic, cool, um, creative, expressing person. Very, very dope person. Definitely Khalees. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, And then if there was any piece of advice, like one piece of advice you would give an aspiring creative, what would Mm -hmm. that be? Uh, Stay true to yourself. Mm. I think authenticity is better than perfection um, on any given day. So I think as long as you're staying true to yourself, it will translate and you will find your tribe. If your goal is, of course, to sell. But if you're just creating to create, that's even more of a reason to create for yourself. What do you want to say? I think the things that we bring into this world are... Um, a good reflection of where we are in our lives at that time. And, you know, at the end of your journey, if you look back on the things that you've made, you should be able to pinpoint what was going on. You know, what stories were you telling through your art or your work at that time? Mm-hmm. Um, and it should just be an extension of you. I feel like those are your kids, mm-hmm. you know, just like natural kids look like their parents. Okay. Well, your product should look like you. It mm-hmm. shouldn't look like anything else. So I guess that's the most solid piece of information. Everything else will fall into place as long as you are serving you first. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You got anything else that you want to promote or talk about? Just visit (laughs) goldthelabel.com. We're replenishing and doing a bunch of things. Girlfriends t-shirts did restock. Uh, which is pretty cool because Girlfriends finally made it to Netflix um, in the States, of course. Everyone yeah. else is, Canada doesn't have it. We don't have it. But it's okay. I have my sites. But because it did restock, it was a smart business move, I think, to just restock them. And, of course, there was a bit of uproar and excitement surrounding that. So shop the Girlfriends t-shirt on goldlabel.com. Zion frames are still in stock. Uh, we have a, a very few amount of Judah frames left. Uh, they are definitely a crowd favorite. So, yeah. And once Judah sells out this time, they won't restock until next summer. So, yeah, if they're interesting to you, I would suggest not putting it off. <laughs> and look out for what we have coming this fall. It's a lot mm-hmm. happening this fall. Nice, nice, nice. So with that, uh, which girlfriend are you? Oh, all four. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm a, I mean, Joan is insane, but I am a little bit her um, in the sense that I look out for all of my people, or at least I try to. Um, the, the majority of the show is shot in Joan's house. Like, I mean, mm, <laughs> yeah. that. Um, Maya is very quick lipped and witty, and that is for sure me. Um, Tony is extremely bougie and that is me. I forgot to mention just cause we aren't in production right now, but I do co-host a podcast with my friend Courtney in Toronto called halfway bougie. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't mention it at the beginning just because we haven't, um, we haven't been in production for a bit just cause I'm in Bermuda. So it is quite difficult to sort it out technically for our standard anyway. Like it's, we just keep having sound issues. So that's pause but i mentioned that because tony is bougie and i definitely am but i'm ready and then lynn is a free spirit and i i have those elements too so all four <laughs> okay cool actually well so what's what's this podcast about like what do you guys talk about 
oh, we just talked about uh, pop culture, um, dating, and of course, business tips because Courtney is also an entrepreneur. Um, so it's just like, it's girl talk, basically. Uh, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and of course, she's also a believer as well. So we, of course, have faith-based topics in there as well. And it's very niche. You know, it's basically for girls that are just like us. And we have a bit of, you know, a bit of a following with that. So okay. one day in its season, it'll come back whenever that is. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. Perry, thank you very much for doing our Pays Me. It's been a long time coming for me, like just from being a fan of what you do. And I appreciate um, how intense what you're going through right now is. And I appreciate mm-hmm. your mentality of keeping positive and, and going forward with it. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. And I guess I can just say this publicly because I have said this to you on the side. I'm sorry for taking so long. <laughs> uh, Dwayne reached out a very, very, very long time ago. And I have just been really busy. So public apologies it it is understood so don't worry about it thank you (laughs) i appreciate it (laughs) thank you so much for listening to the arcade me podcast thank you to langy beats for the theme music if you got anything out of this show please rate review and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at rpaysme.com or at rpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.